We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. That's seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this free for all Friday morning, the 15th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord 2019. No surprise, of course, what the uh, top story of the morning is an absolute tragedy. And what's even worse than the tragedy is the fact that it is going to lead to more deaths. Uh, and I look forward to explaining that to you after you get a report. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern saying it seems the attacks were well planned. She says of suspects... These are people who I would describe as having extremist views that have absolutely no place in New Zealand and, in fact, have no place in the world. One man has been arrested and charged with murder. In a claim of responsibility, a man calling himself a white racist says he wanted to target invaders. Simon. So, New Zealand struck by a mass shooting, at least 49 people killed, 40 more wounded in the mass shooting at two Muslim mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand. Four people as of this moment are in custody, uh, police confirm. Several of the wounded are fighting for their lives. So sadly, in what has become a very easy-to-repeat narrative, uh, the death toll could rise. And when I say easy-to-repeat because we have had these stories far too many times here in the United States uh, and in other nations in Europe as well, and now it reaches all the way down to New Zealand, uh, we talk about this a lot. We've had this uh, this same story. Uh, what makes this particular story different, perhaps more egregious, perhaps more troubling, is, well, two things. Number one, the deeply complex, delusional 
um, manifesto that has been left behind by one of the shooters and the fact that the entire event was live-streamed for up to 17 minutes on social media by way of a GoPro helmet. In other words, murderers wanted to be famous for their crimes, which is often the case, but they didn't just want to shoot up a mosque any more than they shot up a Christian church in Sutherland Spring, Texas, uh, shot up the synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They didn't want to just be known after the fact. They didn't just want to have their names released later and say, look what this guy did, which is the infamy they crave. They wanted it to go on now. They wanted the instantaneous recognition for the atrocities that they were committing. That's what makes this a little bit different. The other thing that is extremely important to note here is what you heard at the end of that Fox News report that I just played for you. The shooter who spoke, uh, and again, there are four in custody, uh, is a self-described white racist who wanted to target invaders. And invaders, of course, would be akin to uh, immigrants. Now, I won't say illegal immigrants because I don't know very much about the immigration policies or the number of illegal, illegal immigrants that may find themselves in New Zealand. Can't say that, but when he said invaders, you knew where this was going to go, right? Let me explain what I meant when I said this is going to lead to more deaths than just the 49 that have been confirmed in New Zealand and uh, the potential for more from the 40 or so that have been wounded, some of which are in critical condition and fighting for their lives on surgical tables even now. There have been amputations, by the way. Uh, I mean, all kinds of horrific uh, 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 injuries suffered by the wounded, those who have, uh, who have not yet perished, and God willing, they won't. But um, this is going to lead to something worse, and it's probably going to lead to something here, because this is what our society today in 2019 has become. Rather than unity, joining hands, and condemning the murder of Jews in a synagogue in Pittsburgh, we divided and we split as to who's to blame, what was the root cause, who's anti-Semitic, who hates Jews, who doesn't. Automatically looking for blame for somebody other than the shooter. When they killed Christians in Sutherland Springs, rather than joining hands in solidarity and support and prayer for the victims, there was blame. Who is to, who is to blame? Who is responsible? What about the ideology? What about the guns? Is it the gun manufacturers? Is it the Congress people who allow guns to be bought and sold? Automatic division. When African Americans were killed in Charleston, South Carolina, in that horrific church shooting, rather than joining hands in solidarity, automatic blame. Who are the white supremacists that fostered the ideas of this sick, twisted, uh, racist murderer? And now, killing of a bunch of Muslims in a mosque in New Zealand, rather than joining hands in solidarity, and condemning the actions of the shooter, it's automatically a time to divide and a time to blame. 
and a time to pass judgment on somebody other than the shooter or shooters. This cannot be allowed to stand. This cannot be the way we go every single time. The more hatred that is fostered after an act of hatred, the more of a guarantee we have of more acts of hatred. Because I can tell you this, listening to that report about the self-described white racist killing invaders, I'm not taking very kindly to being associated with him because I'm white and because I am opposed to illegal immigration. And because I believe that the thousands upon thousands of people who rush to our border every single month is an invasion of the United States and our sovereign territory, I don't like the idea that I'm being equated to somebody who said he wanted to target, quote, invaders. I don't know the situation in New Zealand, but I do know that we do have an invasion of our southern border by a lot of very bad people. Not all bad people, but a lot of very bad people. And we talk about this on a regular basis. The drug runners and mules, cartels, human traffickers, I mean, it's a very, gang members, it's a very, very dangerous situation. And it is an invasion. And to listen to the media and to listen to social media as they cover breathlessly the terrible tragedy, in fact, travesty in New Zealand, to listen to them tell it, it's going to happen here too because Donald Trump is the inspiration. Because conservatives who don't like being invaded are just like the New England or New Zealand shooters who wanted to kill invaders. And when we feel as defensive as we are and do and are made to feel, and when the offensive continues to come from all vantage points, Suggesting that if you share the same characteristics with this particular killer or these killers, you are equally responsible for them, it leads to more division. And more division eventually leads to more conflicts, conflicts that can become violent. And you're guaranteeing that, that horrific, horrific tragedies are going to continue. This is uh, what the President of the United States said today in response to this terrible uh, tragedy that we learned about overnight in New Zealand. My warmest sympathy, this is by way of Twitter, my warmest sympathy and best, I, I, and by the way, I wish we did not, ha- I'm going to get off on a tangent here and I don't want to. The inventors of Twitter, honestly, are eventually going to be swimming in the uh, fiery pits of hell uh, because Twitter is such an evil, 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 evil construct. Uh, construct. It, it really, really is. Uh, we cannot continue to govern by Twitter. We cannot continue to make every statement that needs to be made by Twitter. There used to be a way of doing things diplomatically and properly and professionally instead of all of these flying off the cuff, um, angry rebukes of one another and judgments of one another. The judgment zone of Twitter is just evil. And we feed into it. So does the president. When everything that happens has to be brought uh, followed by a tweet. 
I would prefer a statement issued from the White House through the communications director in the press office if the president wants to uh, record a a video and release that to the press, uh, something. But here we are on Twitter where everybody now is blaming Donald Trump, not everybody, the left and the media blaming Donald Trump because of a white racist, a white nationalist, which is what Trump is in the United States, and he's inspiring white nationalists around the world. That's where we are. That's what Twitter does. I absolutely hate the fact that I must become part of what I despise just to counter it. I go on Twitter to try to defend and fight back against these scurrilous accusations made against people like me and people like our president. The only way to fight back against, you know, this is it's like the old adage. You never take a knife to a gunfight. And I apologize for the, uh, you know, the analogy and the metaphor there in the wake of this terrible situation. But truly, the point is, if you don't use the weapons that you are being attacked with, you are going to lose. And if you don't use uh, the social media pages to fight back against those who condemn you on the social media pages, um, you just, the, 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 the fire against you just continues to grow and spread. It's such a terrible, terrible vicious circle that social media has created president tweeted my warmest sympathy and best wishes go out to the people of new zealand after the horrible massacre in the mosques 49 innocent people have so senselessly died with so many more seriously injured the u.s stands by new zealand for anything we can do god bless all and of course it's a simple gesture one that has to be made because if you don't issue a tweet immediately you are condemned for being insensitive. So he had to say something, but then as soon as he did, what what happens? They started attacking him on Twitter. And this is why, again, you know, look, I'm getting off in, again, another, I'm going from a tangent to a tangent to a tangent to a tangent. I'm probably out on a really, really far branch now, and I'm so far away from the trunk of this tree that I started with. But let me just say this. The shooters in New Zealand, the murderers of these 49 people in the mosques, knew exactly how they were going to get the most traction for their action. Live stream the murders on social media. Social media, social media, social media. If there has been a more destructive invention or technological creation or advance than social media in the last 50 years or more? I don't know what it is. There is nothing as destructive as this convention. This is simply, it's a fact, and it's irrefutable. It just is. These people, in part, let me put it to you this way. I believe, I believe that if there weren't social media, those murders may not have been carried out. They put helmets on their heads with GoPro cameras to record it all and live stream it to a willing mass audience of people to generate shock and outrage and maybe, among like-minded people, cheers or or just entertain or, or p- people being entertained eating popcorn and watching their Facebook feed live. If... They didn't have that vehicle to reach millions and millions of people around the globe by way of these, uh, uh, the Internet and social media. Uh, there's a legitimate chance to me that they wouldn't even have done it. That was part of the thrill for them. 
All right, like I said, I know I'm in, I started out in one place and I ended up on social media evils. Uh, if you would like to react to all of this and the terrible things that happened last night, and the terrible things that are being said about Americans as a result of this New Zealand attack, the terrible things that are being said about our president, the terrible things that are being said about white people, the terrible things that are being said about uh, people who oppose illegal immigration and invasions, you want to react? Do it now. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four four five, rather, or triple eight two eight one eleven ten. It's the Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority. short segment here before the bottom of the hour. Uh, good news and, uh, from uh, that New Zealand story. Several reports. Let's kill that music, please. Uh, the uh, report from uh, uh, Breitbart, uh, actually Breitbart is quoting several other news reports, um, that the situation could have been worse. And so when I say good news, obviously take that in, in context. And, and, you know, that's, that's a relative term. Uh, it could have been worse had there not been somebody to push back and fire back uh, at the shooters. Multiple mosques were targeted, and according to the New Zealand Herald, a local man who was armed fired back at the shooters in the Linwood area of Christchurch. The uh, newspaper reports that the local man with the gun fired on the shooters after they unleashed multiple gunshots on the mosque, the armed man ran after the shooters, firing two shots at them with a rifle or shotgun as they fled. Um, in other words, this is another example of the good guy with the gun doing something. Certainly not was, was not able to stop the bad guys with the gun from killing anybody, but it could have been worse. Um, so as the politics of this play out today, as I mentioned, which is going to lead to a lot more anger and a lot more division, and probably a lot more violence down the road, try to keep some of those things in mind. Um, there, there really is no defense. Again, I used that metaphor before, that uh, analogy of, uh, you know, you don't take a knife to a gunfight. You, you, you don't, and you also don't take a pea shooter, and you also don't take a, hey, here's how we'll lock down. You have to be able to uh, make the person that is shooting at you afraid for his own life, and that's exactly what this shooter did, according to... This citizen did, I sh- did I should say, according to the New Zealand Herald. So it was the presence of a good guy, which, again, is going to bring up the question about uh, where best to have armed guards in places of worship uh, or in school buildings or in other places where terrible, tragic shootings like this have taken place. We'll pick up on that as we continue after the news on AM 1420. The Fire. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 935 now the Bob France Authority continues. AM 1420 the answer. Thanks so much for joining us on this free for all Friday. Phone lines are open if you are ready to chat about anything or everything including the uh, terrible shootings overnight uh, in New Zealand. Uh, the two mosques, not 49 people dead but we have other news to get to as well. Anything you want to get into from this week's uh, news 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110 We'll put you up and on the radio. Uh, speaking of other news, yesterday they did it 
turncoat Republican senators, a dozen of them, went ahead and joined with the Democrats in giving them a big win over the President of the United States when it comes to national security, when it comes to national sovereignty, when it comes to our southern border. A dozen Republicans sided with Democrats in passing the resolution, citing presidential overreach. Senator Mitt Romney was one of them. It's a question about the balance of power that is core to our Constitution. GOP Senator Lindsey Graham says President Trump is on solid legal ground. To me, this statute allows the president to use military construction money in a national emergency. The House is planning to vote to override the president's threatened veto on March 26. It's not believed either chamber has the needed two-thirds majority to do that. They don't, which is which is another reason this is just so ridiculous for the Republicans who are worried more about their own names and about their own reelections than they are about national security. Should be held accountable for this. Here are the dirty dozen. Alexander, Blunt, Collins, Lee, Moran, Murkowski. Some of these you would expect. Paul, as in Rand, Romney, Rubio, Toomey, Wicker. And you ready for number 12? That's right. Ohio's own Rob Portman. These are the turncoat Republicans who said, I care more about the way I'm going to be judged in my own re-election campaigns than I do about national security. They know doggone well there's a crisis at the southern border. They know doggone well there's an emergency at the southern border. Both security and humanitarian, both kinds of crises are going on at the southern border. We are getting more border crossers this year than we have had at any time in the last 12 years. There is a run on getting to the United States illegally. Our ridiculous policies, which, by the way, can only be changed by these core numbskulls, have allowed that run to happen. They have encouraged that uh, illegality because of our ridiculous catch-and-release policy, because of our ridiculous bed detention limit, because we have signaled to the world, if you come to the United States now, you're getting in. We are at maximum capacity on our detention space, so therefore, you come in, we catch you, and, and of course, they make sure they get caught. They get turned over. <laughs> they, they literally volunteer or, or surrender uh, to uh, Border Patrol agents. You uh, are, are given a summons to come back at a particular point in time and then set free on about your way. Then you go to whatever city that you want, and you, of course, are never heard from again. 88%. 88% of those who are caught and released, whether they be seeking asylum, whether they be claiming refugee status, or they're just illegal border crossers here looking for work, or whatever other nefarious things they may or may not be here for, uh, if they're not for uh, you know uh, simple things like work, uh, they disappear. They're not coming back for a hearing in which you're going to determine whether or not you deport them. They're going to say, I'm not getting deported very easily. I'll, I'll make that determination on my own. I'm not coming. So, the Congress is responsible. Yes, the president signed it in an almost untenable position, the expansion of catch and release that was popularized under Barack Obama. The president of the United States is responsible to a degree for that, but it's the Congress that has made that the law of the land and then told Trump either sign it or veto it and then get blamed for another government shutdown. 
And you would think that the president might be able to have a little bit of faith in his own party to have his back here as he tries to stop the flow of drugs, which are killing tens of thousands of people in this country every month. As he tries to stop that flow, you'd think that his party would have his back. Especially when you consider the fact that previous presidents have used the National Emergency Clause, the same powers that the president is exercising right now, for far worse things. Going around, Barack Obama went around Congress and authorized millions and millions of payments to a, to a, a, a nation that hates us and that, and that sponsors terrorism against us, Iran. Presidents have gone around Congress to use federal funds for things that they deem to be important, declaring national emergencies in foreign countries an unknown no number of times. And everybody's okay with that. President Trump wants to declare an emergency to move money around, like others have done, to secure our border and our people, and it's it's World War III. And Rob Portman, who is about as conservative as Beto O'Rourke, joins the crew, the crew, the the dirty dozen of of Republican turncoats to stab the president in the back along with Rand Paul, who's so freaking hypocritical, I'm about ready to run him out of the Senate. Joining Marco Rubio, one of the original Gang of Eight. Joining Mitt Romney, backstabber who has been going after President Trump since, uh, well, since 2015. And then, of course, uh, when he was running for uh, the Senate, he enjoyed the president's support. And then as soon as he gets in the Senate, he stabs him in the back with an op-ed. Toomey Wicker-Murkowski, might as well just put the dog on D after her name. It's not even a question anymore. Same thing with Susan Collins. Alexander Blunt Lee. Lee is a surprise. Moran. Who else did I say? Toomey and Wicker from Mississippi. The Dirty Dozen Republican turncoats who don't care about national security, who don't care about national sovereignty, who don't want President Trump to get his border wall, who don't, don't want to stop the drugs from flowing through, who don't want to stop human sex trafficking, who don't want to stop gang members, who don't want to stop terrorists from coming into this country by way of our southern border. All of them, to me, are dead. Politically speaking, obviously. They're not entities. They'll never get my support. I'll be damned if I'll cast another yes vote for Rob Portman to continue things like this. I'm sorry. I want to support him. I want to support the party. But when they don't support the president and what's right, they're not even a part of the party. Angie has been waiting in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Angie, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead. Um, Hi, Bob. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to... um talk about my interesting phone call to Rob Portman yesterday. First off, I would like to say that I have a relative that is pretty high up in Homeland Security, and I have been told that if I saw the border or knew what was going on down there, I would not sleep at night. And of course, the joke is, well, tell me. And he always says, if I tell you, I got to kill you. But I called Rob Portman's office yesterday, and I've been doing research on him. And I called, number one, his Washington, D.C. office wasn't taking calls. But I said, Oh, Mr. Portman is the expert on opioids. I said, why is he talking out of both sides of his mouth and then voting against our president and letting the drugs flow in? 
Now, here's something else interesting about Mr. Portman, and, and I have some people working on this. Mr. Portman is in the top five of all congressional members that takes the most money from pharmaceuticals and medical devices, and I am wearing one of those medical devices now. And um, it's for diabetes, and these things should be pulled off the market because they're causing people to have high blood sugar, low blood sugar. They're not working. And I said, what did he do when he took all that money from that company? Did he fast-track this device through the FDA? And then I called the um, the uh, Cuyahoga County Republican Party, and I said, I was going to join your organization, but I said, I cannot back you if you are going to back this man. So I'm asking people to really take a look at this man. I think he's dirty, and he's, and he's not going to do anything to help this problem because he's got money going in his pockets. And that's just basically all I wanted to say. Well, Angie, I appreciate your phone call. I don't know much about the medical device thing that you're talking about right now, and I don't know much about him quote-unquote, helping to fast-track something past the FDA. Um, So I won't comment on that. I'll let your words speak for themselves. Uh, I don't think he's a, quote-unquote, bad man. I don't think he is, uh, you know, uh, intentionally being devious or duplicitous or anything of that nature. I just think he's completely politically um, powerless. And that might not be the word I'm looking for. He's he's weak-willed. He's 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 impotent. He will not do what needs to be done, which we as Republicans want from a conservative uh, United States senator uh, to protect this country. And this kind of a vote, and we've seen other votes from Rob Portman, where he just makes you scratch your head and say, "What are you? What what party are you caucusing with? Are you are you are you?" Are you really truly a, a conservative? Are you really truly a member of the United States Republican Party? Because you seem to do more good work for the Democrats than you do for the Republicans. Who are you actually working on behalf of? He's supposed to be working on behalf of all Ohio residents. A senator, of course, from a state is supposed to represent all Ohioans. And I'm not suggesting he should only re- represent Republicans, obviously. But the point is, Republicans won. We chose him over his Democratic counterpart a couple of times now, or not uh, counterpart or opponent, rather. Uh, we chose him, and we asked him. The reason we wanted him is because we didn't want um, liberal um, uh, ideology to prevail. We wanted him to act on our behalf as we see fit constitutionally, obviously. And he's going to argue, well, constitutionally, I think the president is, is wrong here. And the Constitution is very clear, as Lindsey Graham enumerated, and even as a lot of other people who voted against this. They have said that the Constitution may give him the right to do this, but we think it's precedent-setting for him to move money around to give uh, uh, to fund something that the Congress explicitly did not fund to the level that he wants. And, and so that's what makes it unconstitutional. No, it's not unconstitutional. It's very constitutional. It is just you speaking uh, about your own personal opinions to your voting base so that you've, you can uh, make sure that you are reelected. People like Portman and people like, you know, some of the others that I just got done listing, they know that they have, you know, Ohio's a swing state. It's not a solidly red state, really, at any given time. And he doesn't want to be solidly red in his decision-making. Portman doesn't. He's got to make sure he appeals to uh, Democrats when he can so that he gets some moderate Democrat voters voting for him. So he ends up being a rhino. He ends up being a, a non-conservative. He ends up voting against the interests of the national security and sovereignty of the United States by way of our southern border, all to make sure that there are a few Democrats who will vote to keep him in his cushy job. That is the worst of the worst as far as I'm concerned. You weren't put there by uh, those Democrats. 
you were put there running as a Republican by a strong majority of Republicans. And you, you kind of owe us, in my view, you kind of owe us what, we, what you promised us. And that would be good conservative votes, not votes to stab the President of the United States in the back, not to be a turncoat on something as extraordinarily important as national security by way of national sovereignty. Particularly because this particular president ran on this. He ran on getting a border wall built to protect us from the southern border. And you supported him as a Republican, as the Republican nominee. You can't just say, I support him and I'll cast my vote when the convention happens. You can't just say you'll support him then and then abandon him when it comes time to govern. Back him up. Rob Portman is as bad as any of them that have, you know, that, 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 that have ours after the name, but, but it stands for nothing. There's no principle there. It's rhino, it's true rhino status. Andy in Middleburg Heights next. Hi, Andy, go ahead. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Bob, what kind of security do you have for you and your family? Do you have 24 7 security? I do not. You do not. That should, answer, that should be an answer right there. All these politicians have 24-7 security, all of them. They're not worried about it. What need, and I'm, God forgive me. What they need to happen is something, one of these people coming over the border. No, don't say that. Don't happen. say what you're going to say. Don't say what you're uh, going to you say. Know what right I want, you know what I want to say, right? Yeah, I do, and, I, and I, don't, I don't support that. I don't support even thinking that. I don't want anything bad to happen to somebody so that they say, oh, now they have a personal experience with it. Now they'll, now they'll uh, come around and do what's right. No, don't wish that on anybody. Just no, I don't, I don't that wish common it. sense I don't, prevails. I don't wish it, Bob, but what's it going to take for these people? I mean, what's it going to take for... We're the common people. You and me, we're the common people. These people are above us. They think they're above us. They're, I mean, they go to the bathroom like us. They get dressed like us. They're like us, but they put themselves above us and think nothing can happen to them. It's happening to us. Look at these, these, these mothers that, the, that they're going to have here, that their kids were killed, raped, and chopped up and everything. I mean, what, what is this going to take? I mean, doesn't, doesn't this get to these people? You know what doesn't, it's going to take, sadly? You know, you know what it's going to take? It's, it's going to take them being run out of office. And then they're going to say, boy, I really wish I had done something. And what I mean by yeah, that Bob. is not by being primaried. By, yeah, Bob, but, but be, that's, hold that's on, the hold year, on, year. Andy. Hold on. Let me finish my okay, statement. Okay, I'm sorry. What it's going to take, Andy, is it's going to take something tragic, something horrific, such as this massive influx of millions and millions and millions of illegals are going to come in the United States. The Democrats are going to have enough power to get them the voting rights, uh, voting rights even as non-citizens, and then they'll never vote a Republican in again. And then sitting on the sidelines, uh, these these uh, Republican legislators, both House and Senate, are going to look and say, wow, maybe we should have done something to stop this the first time around. Maybe we should have done something to stop this back when that Trump guy back in 2018, 19, 2020 uh, tried to stop all of this, and we just stabbed him in the back. In other words, they won't do anything, Andy, until it's too late. That's, I guess that's my, my, my theory on it. I may have said it the wrong way. I apologize for that. But I, I know it's going to have to take something. And with all these drugs and everything coming over, they think their kids are, are – not going to be able to get to this stuff. They're going to get to it like every other kid does. Absolutely. When we've seen you know, that, what, there, what, there, there are great examples well, that's, of that's that. That's my premise. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's no, my they're, they're, that's I, I know, I know, I know the premise. But here's the thing: see, see, to me, it shouldn't have to be you know one of their kids. They ought to be able to listen to a news report like this and be outraged by it and act based on the what is happening to other people who are victimized. Bailey Larson was found stabbed to death in her home. Discarded clothing outside contained her DNA along with the suspects, Carlos Eduardo Arevalo Carranza. Turns out he'd been deported in 2013 and he had a long criminal history. Homeland Security placed six detainer requests on him in L.A. and Santa Clara counties over the past three years. But ICE and San Jose Police Chief Eddie Garcia says they were not honored. The city of San Jose and our police department has no control over how the county interacts with federal immigration enforcement and deportation of violent or serious felons. But he says they should have the ability to protect their own community. See, that's what I'm talking about. Any any senator or, or House member... Shouldn't have to have this happen to a member of their own family. Just put yourself in the in the shoes of the family of these victims. Deported once, six detainers issued. Hold him so we can get rid of him. He's dangerous. Nope. Santa Clara County, sanctuary. Los Angeles County, sanctuary. Setting him free. Too bad. You want him? You come and catch him. Wow. And then a murder. It shouldn't take happening to somebody owns, somebody's own personal family. How about just have a little compassion for victims that have already suffered? It's 6.50, or excuse me, it's 9.53. That's an upside-down 6. 9.53, back after the calm. All right, short segment here to wrap no. up hour number one. It's 9.57. Thanks for uh, being with us. The president, by the way, is uh, very clear. He told the Dirty dozen uh, Republicans who joined with the Democrats in that rebuke yesterday in that Senate vote, uh, very simply, veto. That's it. He tweeted a single word the moments after the vote yesterday. The president tweeted in all capital letters, veto, exclamation point. Good for the president. Now, having said that, I don't necessarily know if it has to come to a national emergency declaration to get that money moved around. I have heard from other uh, experts, budget experts, that the president could have found other monies, federal monies, that he could have moved to border wall construction that would not have triggered the national emergency. Um, But that's what he chose to do. So I'm not suggesting that this is 100% the only way to get this done. But it's the way that he chose to get this done. And as I said before, I think it's incumbent upon members of his own party, especially who know what the American people voted for, to give him what he wants. The president has the authority here. Jim is in West Park. Hi, Jim. Go ahead. Rob Portman, U.S. Trade Representative, which is critically involved in negotiating the many international trade treaties and agreements that have been necessary to create the new international economic order. Since 77, there have been 12 of these. Portman served from 2005 to 2007 for the World Bank. He is a globalist. Thank you. Jim, thank you. Um, he and a lot of others, I think, would wear that uh, label. They might not want to do it proudly, but they would wear it. Uh, because there is a lot of evidence of that, as you just pointed out, and that is one of the biggest problems that we have. And ironically, speaking of globalists, globalists and globalism, um, 
we go back to the terrible shooting in New Zealand today from a self-described white nationalist and white racist uh, who has claimed, according to his manifesto, that he was inspired in some ways by Donald Trump and his nationalism in his country. This, of course, is a terrible, terrible um, uh, thing to happen to have the president blamed for the actions of lunatics in another country. But this is what the American media and the American left is going to seize upon. And I will once again say there is nothing wrong with nationalism. Nationalism doesn't mean killing people who are not of your nation or in other ways aligned with you demographically. It just means putting the interests and the needs of your nation first rather than the nation or the uh, interests and the needs of the globe, um, uh, you know, universally. That is all that it means. The president is a nationalist and not a globalist. And sadly, some of these individuals who have turned against him, even in his own party, do not uh, do not fit that. They are globalists instead. Jim, thanks for the call. We'll get news now. We'll come right back. We're guest-free in hour number two as well. Truly a free-for-all Friday. So dial now, 216-901-0945, and get in on AM 1420, The end.